Hello and welcome to the Scene and Nerd podcast. Tonight we are ranting and raving about all of the latest TV news to come out of San Diego Comic Con 2017. We have some speedsters, some arrows, and a lot of excitement. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer, who apparently likes to make sound effects, Mr. Wilt Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I am still trying to figure out what that sound effect was. Oh, the beep beep sound? Yeah. Um. What's mine? That one. <laughs> that sound effect? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, the, the inspiration is key. The inspiration is key to that stuff. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But uh, it was great to, great to talk to you again this week. Yeah, yeah, we had so much news come out of Comic-Con that we had to split the recordings and take care of the news or the movie news last week with um, Jackie Dallas. And then tonight we are talking all things TV, including The Flash. Contain yourself, Will. We will talk about The Flash. I will try my best. Actually, before I introduce our other co-host, I do have one question for you. Sure. Answer honestly. Okay. Which are you more excited for? Are you more excited to talk about Star Trek or The Flash? Oh. Um. <laughs> that. I'm excited for both. I'm going to take the easy way out and just not pick one. <laughs> I'm equally excited. I'm equally excited. Uh, for different, for different, different reasons. All right. If you have to pin me down, I'm actually more excited for The Flash. Okay. Okay. That's that's kind of where I thought you were going, but more on that later. Yeah. Um, we had to bring in Patricia Miller to talk all things TV with us. How are you doing tonight, Patricia? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? I just made Will choose between his two favorite children. How do you think he's doing? I know. That was just me, Sarah. <laughs> 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 and Sarah, you're just on cloud nine about it too. <laughs> I just, I, I, I think he needs to own his stuff. Sometimes I think he just needs to live in reality a little bit. We parents always have a favorite, okay? And you just have to own it. No. I was my parents' favorite child. My <laughs> brothers understand that. They do not respect <laughs> it, but they understand it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, you know, each each child is very special. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It depends yeah. on the competitiveness. Therefore, <laughs> we are not created equal, and we earn the love. We have to earn the love. Well, <laughs> I guess as favorite child status, you 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 were just speaking from experience there. No, I'm just I just come from a very competitive family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't I won't play Scrabble with you guys then. <laughs> oh my god. I, me and my mom would kill Scrabble. We have killed Scrabble and it is re- like my trick is she starts winning and I immediately said, "Well, if you lose now or if you don't win now, it's going to be really bad." And then she ultimately loses. It's really funny. <laughs> it's like I jinx her or something. I don't know. I don't know. But putting Scrabble aside, um, let's talk about hiatus watch updates, guys. What are you watching? What's going on? Okay. Well, for my hiatus watch currently, I 
was super excited and I went to go watch the Atomic Blonde movie. It was super The soundtrack was super good. Like all the music that they chose was just perfect. And ever since we had our little educational moment with you, Sarah, about sound and editing and the difference, <laughs> not that I can remember the difference between the two, but the, the way that they mixed the sounds together and they cut the scenes, it was like, because of our conversation, I was more attuned to it and they did a phenomenal job. I hope they won awards for it. They probably won't, but more on that later. Anyway, so how did um, how did um, Charlize Theron do in that role? I okay. So again, I have to remind everybody that I'm not a comic book reader, so I don't know what characters like in the comic books. But I felt like she did a phenomenal job. She wasn't invincible, you know, like where they have those movies where the lead role just wins every single fight. She definitely took her hits, and it was pretty believable. And she did – I heard that she did most of her stunts. She's one of those actresses that does most of her stunts, like Jackie Chan. And it was – they had some really, really good fight scenes. It almost sort of reminded me of, like, a woman version of the Bourne series. Yeah. Huh. If you liked those types of fight scenes where they were up close – they used the surrounding props. Like, they didn't just use guns and fists. They would grab, you know, lamps and books. Guns and and you... fists. <laughs> love that. They just, Will, in case you were wondering, there were no guns or fists used during the making of the comic blonde. Really? Hey, hey, no, that is not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I said they didn't just use their guns and fists. They also okay. used the surrounding props. And thing it is cool. Cool. I'm, you know, now I'm gonna watch Atomic Blonde, and I'm going to keep track of any time <laughs> they did not use a gun or a fist, and I'm gonna come back and report it out, and it's gonna be like I just noticed five times in which a gun or a fist was not used. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, actually, I, I, I think I'm gonna add this to my to my watch list. Yeah, do it. It's on my radar, but I feel like it's going to be exactly, I mean, I like the, I like the first Jason Bourne movie and then slowly I just got tired of them. So I haven't really seen the last few and I don't know. I'm just, I'm not entirely sold on Atomic Blonde because I feel like I've seen different versions of this movie before. Granted, everything's a copycat. Well, I think, yes, I can see where people can see that out of the movie, where it's like the same sort of thing. But it had a great storyline. They had, you know, double, triple, quadruple agents in it. They had really interesting twists that you, like, I like to think that I see the twists coming in a movie before it actually happens, but in this movie, I was legitimately surprised at the end. And, you know, going back to the Jason Bourne comparison, um, you know, in the first movie where he's fighting in his old apartment and he gets that pen and he's fighting with that guy in the office room. Mm-hmm. Like, that is like, that's the part of the whole yeah. Jason Bourne series that I thought of. And then 
in the second or third film, whatever it is, he's in a little apartment, like fighting in a bathroom, real close quarters with a guy. Like that's the other scene. So if you like those sort of scenes, you would definitely like this movie because there's quite a few just small little moments of fights that happen. And it's just like, yeah, grab it. Yes, you grabbed it. Like Uh. grab the lamp. Just him with it. And that's it's, what she said. I just can't. I just, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, wow. well, I enjoyed the, yeah, uh, well, I enjoyed the Jason boards. I haven't seen the last one, the most recent one with uh, Matt Damon back, but uh, I have seen the other four. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm, like I said, I think this is definitely my watch list. So. And oh, even yeah. though they already have all the Jason Bournes, it's not like, it's not so similar that I was like, oh, this is just another female version mm-hmm. of it wasn't boring. It had new elements to it. I might watch it, but I have the tendency to be very reluctant to go to the movie theaters right now because that freaking new It trailer is out, and I am so terrified of watching it. There was there's another trailer. It was like the Snowman Killer or something like that. I can't remember. But I, my friend that went with me was like, yeah, I'm so excited. And I'm like, Haha, you're going to that alone. <laughs> I'm not going with you. Prepare yourself, guys. The, it, we're, we're at that time of year where the scary movies start to increase. And Ugh. it's going to be bad, especially with the It trailer. I'm not watching that thing. So, okay, side note before I let Will talk. I just have to say that when I went to see um, Baby Driver... They had the trailer, and I was staring off, like, not making eye contact with the screen, and I just heard what was happening, and it still scared me, okay? I still think about it, because, (laughs) I don't know, it's just creepy. really have warnings when you go to the movie theater, like, caution, scary previews are involved with this, whatever, if you need to stay out, this is, like... Someone stands at the door and, like, lets you in when it's all over, and you're like, okay, this is cool. I am a very fragile human being, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could just, you know, just, you know, given that there are, like, 20 minutes of trailers anyway, you can just, like, yeah, just, just skip the trailers and just go right into the movie. I, like, I've been I've been. want to see all the other ones, though. Eh, I yeah. probably have seen it probably. because YouTube. Exactly, exactly. Everything's on YouTube, so it's it's like basically but, the only pr- reason to get to the theater like early is just get a good seat. I mean, not not see the trailers these days. Yeah, or just sit home and binge watch a TV show like Will has been doing. Yes, yes, I have uh, have been binge watching uh, Mr. Robot season two. Uh, made some good headway this, yes, made some good headway. Uh, to answer your question, Terrell's in the, in the trunk. <laughs> How long have you been thinking about that? Uh, I had, I, I have, I've been like, okay, got to answer this question. I've got to be prepared for the show this week. So that's where he is. <laughs> also, RIP Shayla. Yes. <laughs> So, so okay, how far are you now? I uh, just finished up um, episode six. So. And, and what happened in episode six? What's going on? Oh, boy. Um, actually, no, I finished episode seven. Sorry. 
add to that, like a lot of things have happened. So, of course, six was the you know starts out in the uh, uh, with the eighties uh, sitcom with Alf, uh, which was just like <laughs> you know this show is just amazing in the sense that it, it just it it plays off of the the whole nostalgia wave of of the eighties very well mm-hmm. and. Um, but just to see an Alf and then Elliot interact, especially when he, when Alf ran over Gideon, it was just, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, poor Gideon. Poor Gideon. It, you know, it, um, yeah, I was just like, wow. Um, this is so trippy. That whole, that whole, that w- whole sitcom sequence. It was just like, you know, it just, it was, it, I couldn't help but think of like this is like watching Growing Pains on like if you're like mm-hmm. stoned or something like that because you know it had all those elements of all those sitcoms the cheese the elements the you know canned laughter the um, you know everything is resolved in the last 30 you know in, in, in 20, 20 minutes I mean it, it had it all mm-hmm. um and it was just, you know, and it just it just fit into the whole flow flow of the series as far as, right. as far as like, you know, you know, we're inside Elliot's brain, you know, we, he's just dealing with with his father, Mister Robot, and um, yeah, it's just it just I just really 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 enjoyed that, and then of course it does you know. After he gets back from the flashback, of course, he wakes up in the hospital bed after getting, you know, getting the crap beat out of him uh, by um, by Ray's uh, thugs because he went and uh, you know he looked behind the curtain when he was, was not supposed to. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just the pacing has gotten better. Uh, you're you're right mm-hmm. because it you know six or seven definitely um, moved a lot quicker. Than, than the other episodes leading up to it. Right. So what happened in episode seven? Uh, well, seven, um, of course, is the culmination of the FBI hack. Um, okay. And, um, I mean, a big takeaway, I mean, a lot a lot of things happen. Of course, Angela's now with the risk management division. And, um, again, it was a lot of parallels for season one where she, uh, you know, "Quote unquote," talked out of turn, and uh, you know the higher ups were not pleased with her. Um, mm-hmm. And um, the other thing, but the big takeaway for me from that episode was the ending with Elliot. You know, apparently, I guess he was arrested for the F Society hack. Well, at least that's my impression right now. Of course, I, I may may find otherwise. Um, but the imagery of you know. Elliot being in prison and, and the, you know, the metaphor of his mother's home, that mm-hmm. room being the, 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 the true prison that he, that he's, that he's actually in. Physically, he's, you know, in, in the penitentiary, but mentally, emotionally, he, he's definitely like, it's, he's, he's, he's at home at his mom's house. And, you know, that was the, the big, like, big reveal moment for me. Uh, for that episode. What was your reaction to that? 
Oh, because that's what I've been waiting for you to get to. Oh my god, it threw me for like a complete loop because you know because the way this season has been playing out is is I'm trying to figure out you know what's present day, what's flashback because I mean a couple episodes earlier they did the flashback to uh, Darlene coming to. Elliot's apartment. Mm-hmm. They watched the old, you know, their old scary movie where they get the inspiration for the mask, and and um, so it. I, I was like, damn. I mean, I I didn't expect that. I honestly did not expect that. Um, when, oh, when to be Will for a day. Yeah. It, I had somebody ruin that twist to, to me when we were discussing the very first episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they already saw the signs of what was really happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, <laughs> I you know I I yeah I just you know with especially with the FBI hack I just did not see that it it, it definitely caught me in a, in, yeah. a pleas- in a pleasant way. I mean, it, it thematically it made total sense why he is where he is, but. Uh, emotionally mentally and everything and, and you know his perspective as far as telling the story as our as our as a as our narrator but uh yeah i you know i can't wait to get started up again to to get through the get through the remainder of the season yeah absolutely you got you got a few more surprises in store for oh. you but i like even though by that point it had been talked about a lot while we were watching it. Like that was, that was what was happening. That sequence of how they, um, how they just basically unveiled this world to you and made you realize, no, no, this is what the reality of his situation is. Everything else was just a mask Mm -hmm. to cover it up much like the TV show. I mean, a lot of us watch in TV shows because we want to, it's escapism and we want to, find something similar but definitely not the same and it's much more outrageous um to to try to connect elsewhere so um yeah i i'm i'm glad nobody spoiled it for you and you got the pure experience and it sounds like binging season two of mr robot makes more sense than um watching it weekly on a weekly basis yeah yeah it, it does um because, you know, everything is still, you know, all the threads start to really come together. Um, and, and also, you know, watching them in this compressed period, like I've been, I have been, you know, I can draw back on things that happened in season one and tie them to season two, uh, mm-hmm. a lot easier, um, than, than say if it had been like a, you know, six month gap waiting for, you know, after hiatus and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Good, but you still don't know where Tyrell is, so. <laughs> Last time I saw him, he was in the trunk. So. <laughs> Tyrell, I love that character. I don't know why. <laughs> I think a lot of people think I'm weird for liking Tyrell so much, but there's something about him that I think is so fascinating to watch on screen, um, almost more so than Elliot, because Elliot is very unreliable. <laughs> no. And Tyrell is just mysterious, two halves, but... Um, yeah. So even though we, before getting to your topic, we went on a tangent about how I don't want to go to the movie theaters because of previews, <laughs> I did go to the movie theaters, guys, and I saw Dunkirk. 
So as a loyal Christopher Nolan fan, I saw it. <laughs> and um okay. So it, okay, I think my dad liked it more than I did, but he's a his history buff. Okay. Um and um, the best comparison that I heard after I saw the movie, I, of course, did my due diligence and checked out other people's reviews and to kind of formulate what I, my interpretation is. And the best comparison I heard was on Double Toasted. And Corey basically explained that if you want an understanding about Dunkirk, watch the first sequence in The Dark Knight, mm. the bank sequence. That tension and that kind of uncertainty about what is actually transpiring and who the good guy is versus who the bad guy is, that is essentially the entirety of Dunkirk. Hmm. Even though it's history happening. Like, there, there's a lot of, it's a short movie, but it is action-packed. It is, um, it does things with narrative that I've never seen in a war film before. Okay. It also does thing in things with sound that, you know, you know, Patricia, Atomic Bond may have had a good, some good sound editing, but I'm not sure if it did what Dunkirk did in the terms of using sound to help build tension in a way where you're just like, oh my. God, what oh my God, I don't, oh my God, he's going to die. <laughs> you just, there, there is just so much happening and the, the editing itself, um, surprises you and from how they're able to tell this, this, this event, it's not a story, it's an event. This is, this is over the course of four days. This is what happened to these individuals. Here are all the perspectives. I'm going to show you what's happening at the land. Meanwhile, stuff is going on in the air and stuff is going on at sea. All of it combines and intersects and overlaps. And it's, it's interesting. Granted, for me personally, why I probably didn't like it as much as my dad did is because I'm, I love characters. I love character stories. This was about the event. It wasn't about the characters involved in the event. Hmm. That's so. you pretty. Yeah, your uh, your review there pretty much confirmed what I what I thought that uh, that it was more about the event than you know telling the telling the story about you know a soldier or a group of or or a group of uh, individuals who. Who were experiencing the event. That being said, Will, I really do want you to go see this movie. Because if you do, you're going to understand why I criticize Spider Man Homecoming for its CGI. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. This, like, they, they literally put IMAX calend- ca- um, cameras on these World War One airplanes or, or, I, sorry, Dad, if you're listening, I don't know my <laughs> history. Spitfire planes, I think they call them. Yeah. And they they allowed, they made you feel like you were in the sky. Wow. And they made the and it was all practical effects. Like I sit there and watch it, and I'm like, nothing effect wise took me out of the movie. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well. So so like 
Like that's, that's really my biggest point. And movies like this are probably why I go to a movie like Spider-Man Homecoming or Guardians of the Galaxy. And I really like the characters. I really like the story itself. They need to do the effects better. This we're, we're talking about spending millions of dollars. Are you telling me you couldn't make that CGI just a little bit more realistic or maybe use some more practical effects? Maybe Does more practical. Have... Yeah, I think yeah. I think it is a problem of folks not using the practical effects um, and relying too much on CGI. You know, you, when you look at like the classic Star Wars and stuff, uh, you know, the pre the the earlier editions, you know, one of the things that you know, like for example, Phantom Menace, it just seemed like I was watching a cartoon because the CGI yeah. was just so bad. Versus. Right. You know, the 1977 original using models seemed a whole hell of a lot more realistic. Right. Absolutely. And, and you, you know that. And I think something that also happens is the more you rely on those cheap fixes to try to create these universes and these larger life experiences is that the viewer themselves don't feel like they're there. Yeah. I mean, despite not understanding character motivations or really who any of these people were or feeling pain when somebody died or anything, I was still I, it was like I was there on the beach, mm. terrified that I was going to get hit by a bomb. It was like I was in the pilot's um, pilot seat trying to save people, trying not to crash myself and noticing that there's somebody right on my tail. Like it put you in the moment. And that's the beauty of going to the cinema. Yeah. It's supposed to do that. Totally. Totally. Well, uh, that, yeah, like Dunkirk was also, is also on my watch list. Uh, I'm hoping to, to catch it, uh, catch it soon. Yeah. And even more so from your description of, uh, of the effects, because, uh, I know we've talked about this, uh, before and at length about, uh, practical effects for for CGI and, uh, Mm Uh, just from a technical aspect of alone, I just would like to see it. Yeah. Yes. I won Will over Patricia. Patricia doesn't <laughs> care. She's going to go see Atomic Blonde again. Well, that's a wrap on hiatus updates. So now let's get into the real meat of the show. We got some trailers, guys. We got a lot of TV trailers. So, Will, now I'm going to give you about five minutes just rant and rave about Star Trek Discovery. Okay. (laughs) Star Trek Discovery. So, um, this is the latest in the Star Trek franchise. It is set uh, ten years, or approximately ten years or so before the time of the uh, original series of James D. Kirk and the Prime Universe not the J.J. Abrams universe. Um, and um, it has, you know, I have to say, getting back to our, our conversation earlier about, you know, favorite child. <laughs> so Star Trek is like the firstborn for me. Uh, you know, it's the first series and I've always, you know, when I, it's my go-to and uh, my first love as far as like science fiction television. Um, but when I first heard, and when I first heard this about this new series, um, I, I was excited. I mean, I, I won't, I won't deny it. 
but I was also also a little scared um, in the sense that uh, that you know we're are we hitting that point again of, of Star Trek fatigue? Because we're still, you know, we have this universe, the Abrams universe, on the big screen. Um, it's been a while since Star Trek's been on television because the last series was Enterprise, which uh, was really hitting this getting a sea legs. I think in the fourth season when it was when it was canceled, and it's too bad it didn't get a chance to, to finish out its seven year run. But um, this series. Great excitement. Brian Fuller was on board. Then he ran right. into some production problems and, you know, kept getting pushed back. And then ultimately he left. Um, and so once it finally, once we finally did get the first teaser trailer last year's Comic-Con, I was kind of like, well, if it happens, great. If not, well, you know, there's still the, the Abrams universe on the, on the big film, on the, on the big screen. Right. Fast forward to present day, uh, saw, I guess we had a first trailer, teaser trailer, I guess a few months ago, really enjoyed it, and then we get the 2017 Comic-Con trailer, and I have to say, it, as far as visually, and uh, pacing, and and everything, loved it. It was... That's a good Very, trailer. It was a strong, cinematic, grand. Cool boy. <laughs> it was. I mean, I felt like I was watching a movie, a cinematic show, you know, Star Trek, rather than rather than a TV show. Uh, yeah. As far as the way they put that trailer together, it was very cinematic in scope versus serial television scope. Um, mm. So uh, the only thing I had quibble with was just the music. I just didn't care for the score. Uh, the re- uh, I guess the um, uh, re- 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 reworking of uh, I can't remember the name of the song right now, but other than that, oh. I, you know, I just I, I didn't feel it. Didn't, but other than that, I really really enjoyed the trailer. Um, I think the series has some great potential. Um, I, you know, some of my fears are starting to come creep up a little bit now where. Uh, I think some of the big news that came out of uh, San Diego Comic Con, or maybe maybe TCA this week, is that the lead character, who is a uh, Commander uh, Barum, her she grew up on Vulcan. She's human, but her uh, half brother is, is she is Spock. So you know you know so they're trying to you know I guess tie in this new show with the, you know, old established right. universe. And, um, I, I'm not sure how, how I feel about this. Um, this little bit of casting, a little bit of, of, of story and just sort of see how it, how it all plays out. Um, the other thing is, uh, the Klingons look different, which has been a lot of buzz on social media, uh, about the changing of the appearance of the Klingons. Uh, but they looked pretty cool. Yeah, they look cool. They did. I mean, as far as like new makeup, it's like okay, uh, modern. It just, it just, yeah. it felt, it felt nostalgic, but yeah. modern and updated. Exactly, exactly. And I guess yeah. that's the big thing. I guess as far as for me as a fan, I wish for Star for any Star Trek series, I'm not. They need to go 
move ahead in time instead of doing all these prequels. Because this is now the second series that's a prequel of the original one. And, you know, you know, story-wise and thematically, I know they're saying they're going to separate from the Roddenberry universe as far as, you know, allowing conflict with the characters. I mean, as far as the lead characters. Um, but, you know, you just got, you have the 50 years of canon that you're having to deal with. Um, right. And you're, you know, are you, bo- you know, story-wise, are you boxing yourself in somewhat when you have this established universe when you start doing shows, doing prequel shows, and not violating, you know, well-established canon in, in, well, in developing a new series. And that's my only concern. I wish they would have just gone, let's just, you know, let's go, you know, we, we were in the 24th century with Enterprise, with uh, Voyager and DS9 and, and Next Generation. Let's just maybe, you know, go back to the 24th century or go to the 25th century generation. Just move forward. Right. And the other, and the I, other, yeah. One last point. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, it's your five minutes. It's, it's your fine. time. Yeah. <laughs> but my last point is the other thing that is unique to this show is instead of the singular focus on one ship, it looks like there's going to be two starships: Discovery and the Shinzone. Uh, that Michelle Yeoh's character is going to command, and then. Um, Discovery, which is where uh, Barham is the first officer of that starship. So, you know, it, I, I like that element. You know, worked with DS9 where they took it off the starship and you know, had it on the space station. You know, so you're mixing it up a little bit. So, yeah. So I, I I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's too bad that it's. You know, I wonder how well it's going to do. How much drop off it's going to have once it um, moves from. I think one or two episodes are going to show on broadcast, and the remainder is going to be on the CBS All Access. So it'll be interesting to see if people actually buy the streaming service. And that's that's my uh, thoughts on on Star Trek Discovery. Did they explain why there's two ships? Um, I yeah, I think I read there are two ships. Well, the the lead character is was first officer on one and then she transfers over to the one commanded by Michelle Yeoh and then she transfers over to Discovery. Um, and I think the idea of having two ships is just to, I think one of the things is to show the, the scope of the Federation um, okay. and to get, a, and also just thematically to get away from the solo, um, you know, we're just going to stop off at the planet of the week stories. So mm-hmm. I understand that this series is going to be more serialized as far as, and, which mm-hmm. worked very well with uh, D space nine, where they had a, a, a theme throughout a season versus the, this ship in a bottle show up, you know, we see these cool aliens first contact, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, we, we fly right. off to the Procedural. next mission. Yeah. So I think that is a thematic uh, shift as well, just to have the two starships. Okay, interesting. Very, very interesting. Patricia, are you going to watch Star Trek, or is Will all alone? I think Will is all alone. I've never been a big Star Trek fan. It's, and But that's just because I haven't watched it from the beginning or, you know, really gotten into it. Um, My old roommate was 
she she was a Trekkie and she thoroughly enjoyed it. Like every Halloween she dressed up as a Star Trek character and she had a lot of fun with it. And so I sort of got a little bit of it, but I don't think it's something that I'm going to watch. Like I wouldn't pick up something and just watch it, I guess, that particular thing. But I'm excited for you, Will. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, as I said... I'm, yeah, well, like, like I said, it's Trek just... The universe is probably super excited about it, you know, just collectively. I think it's a mixture of of, of excitement, but also uh, reserving judgment. Um, because uh, we folks, you know, you know, again, I don't know if it's the fatigue factor or just, you know, from the standpoint of, like, what new stories can we tell? And, my, and as I said before, I think my, my big concern is how much can they stretch some of these stories um, where you you know you're 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 fighting up against uh, you know well established universe? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um <clears throat> I really did like this trailer. I couldn't, however, I couldn't help but just continue to be like, oh, that's Sasha from The Walking Dead. She must have got killed <laughs> in a season that I didn't want. Yeah, and that's all the, because. Um, if you were a fan of Walking Dead, you know who Sasha is, and she had her good moments, but she had her also her very long, annoying seasons of just annoyingness. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, it to me the trailer reminded me of my beloved show Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. So, which is serialized. I mean, they did not do the Planet of the Week on Battlestar Galactica. It definitely not did that. It was very much every season had an arc. Every season had a purpose. So if they pull on those threads during Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, I think there's a way for you to get that nostalgia, modernizing it and also expanding the universe because Star Trek and Star Wars suffer from very similar constraints in which there was a lot of historical success with one ship, one universe, one tight group. And yet it feels like every single story we're given after that is all tied to that original. And you're just like, isn't this about a universe? Aren't there more stories? Aren't there like, isn't the universe a big thing? Why does it have to be so small? So um, I think I'm going to try to watch it. I'm not sure if it's going to hook me to buy another subscription service yeah yeah and i'm, I'm at that same place I, that's why i'm like i i, I want to watch it but you know, you know do, is it one of those things where i'm okay with just waiting for it to you know show up on next you know netflix or amazon a few months later you know yeah yeah that's that's a big thing and netflix i mean it's it's got its own original content to worry about at the same time. That's gonna cause some competition because Stranger Things two is going to drop in October, guys, on Halloween. What did you um what Patricia, what did you think of um this trailer? Um I didn't see it. <laughs> did you have you seen season one of Stranger Things by chance? No, and that's why I didn't watch the trailer because I haven't I haven't seen any of them at all yet. So, okay, Will, okay. your thoughts? My thoughts on the stranger. 
Uh, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. It was the the thriller. I mean, yeah. I mean, who, who, you know, anytime you have like thriller, Halloween, the imagery, you know, as far as the uh, Dragon Slayer video game, um, you know, it, 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 you know, again, getting back to the nostalgia theme, um, it, 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 it uh, you know, that series doesn't very good job of like taking it back to the that time period uh, in, in, a, in a very like real way where you have still have a backdrop of the upside down monster <laughs> lurking behind mm-hmm. you uh, yeah. and the science fiction you know all, all those elements but uh, trailer was strong uh, you know as far as the ones that we we're talking about tonight I think it was definitely one of the ones I, I enjoyed you know Rewatched it a few times, um, and then uh, one similarity that I've been noticing quite a bit lately is the between this and also the Justice League trailer was the punching through <laughs> of a window or or a, 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 you had um, Eleven doing that in this trailer, and then you know the Flash doing it in the Justice right. League. Uh, so there are a lot of similar you know the imagery. Uh, they're starting to start to see some of those repeated elements mm-hmm. uh, and, and a lot of the trailers that were dropped during Comic-Con. So. Right, right. No, I, I agree. I'd say it's a great trailer. Excited for season two, even though the Emmys left, the, left definitely a bad taste in my mouth about this show. And I, I, I liked season one of Stranger Things. I, it's not a show that I've ever gone back to rewatch or ever had the feeling that I needed to go back and rewatch. Um, but this, this trailer sold me on the idea that no, 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 there's more story to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, there was that crappy cliffhanger that they left you with in the season one finale. Yeah. But beyond that, even just the way the dynamics in that group, whether it's the little kids or the older kids, whether it's the adults, they they're they're still going through some pain and still trying to figure out well after experiencing this event together what does that mean who am i now mm-hmm. and so um i'm i'm i i'm sold on a season 2 yeah. uh, ghostbusters guys they yeah. dress those kids up in ghostbusters that so outfits pre- that was so that was so awesome. dope I, I, yeah i was that that i think that's what did it for me that that pulled the trailer together for me it was just like between Thriller and Ghostbusters, all in in in, in one trailer, I just that yeah that they did a great. I thought it was very strong. Very very strong, very strong. Not like um, Inhumans, which I I continue. Oh. I don't I don't know what this show is trying to be, you guys. I really oh. don't. Well, I, I had to made a note. I was like. You know, given that one of the Game of Thrones actors is in it, I was like, are they trying to like make Game of Thrones like in this? At least, I, I don't. Uh, admittedly, I have not watched a single episode of Game of Thrones, but I have we are well season. aware. Yes, I know. <laughs> all our all our listeners know that, but I have seen tra- I have seen trailers, and I have seen you know Twitter blowing up on Sunday night or or Facebook blowing up on Sunday night with everybody. So I, I feel like. I don't need to watch it because I know what the hell's going on. So, uh, oh, oh, you know nothing. I know well, nothing. You I, know nothing. I know nothing. I know. I know. I know. 
but I know enough that this 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 trailer was like trying to like you know take on some of those elements from trailers I've seen of that show and try to like pull people, pull people in. Yeah, well, I mean, who wouldn't? I, I'm pretty sure I saw a headline something somewhere where this past episode of Game of Thrones had 30 million viewers or something. It was ridiculous how many viewers watch the show. So, so yes, when you're trying to adapt a very similar expanded universe that deals with royalty, that deals with backstabbing and that kind of political game, um, while while trying to survive elsewhere and be the target of other people, um, I think it's natural. But I just it bothers me so much that I feel like the trailer has already told me the big dramatic arc to, arc of the season. Like, is is that really all this is going to be about? Yeah. And I don't know the character's name on Inhumans, but that is Ramsey. Yeah. Is it about Ramsey finally getting his seat on the Iron Throne? Like, is that what we're watching? I don't. Why do I care? Like, what is beyond that? What is it that they're not showing us that is really going to get us engaged for this series and also for the people who are going to go see it in IMAX? I mean, I think they were just like, go, go see this, this, you know, effects laden film in IMAX. I mean, that was the takeaway for me was like, when I watched the trailer, and I'd like to hear, uh, Patricia, if you had a chance to watch it, I'd like to hear your thoughts, but, um, you know, yeah, I was like, okay, between IMAX and then this over, you know, the overused uh, human song, um, I just, it left me cold. Overusing the cliche one. Yes. Patricia, please sound off on this. <laughs> well, It'll be interesting to see what happens once it actually comes out, because you're right, the trailer, I don't know, I personally felt like they were trying to mix a couple of the more popular TV shows together, mm-hmm. and we already have those other popular TV shows, so why are you trying to make a new one? But, again, I'm not a big comic book follower at all, and... So it'll be interesting. I don't even know if I'm going to like the trailer didn't leave me with that feeling like, oh, I need to watch the TV Mm -hmm. show as Mm -hmm. it comes out. So it's yeah. 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 It's 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 definitely trying to spark the excitement of seeing a lot of superpower humans together in one place with a big arc. But I mean, I'm more interested right now in Gifted on Fox than I am in this show. I don't know what it is about Gifted, partly because there's some actors on there who I want to see more of, and I've seen in other things, but I'm rooting more for Gifted than I am for Inhumans at this point. Well, and yeah, go ahead, sir. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, if you have one final point on Inhumans, I was about to transition to the Defenders. Um. No, I think we've covered it pretty well. Like I think to your point, as far as supercharged people, you know, we have that. We have it's called the Avengers. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we got we got that, and it's not even that we have the Avengers. The Avengers is that cinematic, expanded universe world. So why do we need it on TV? Oh wait, no, no, no. Will it's also going to be shot in IMAX so that you can watch it on it. We don't need more. Yeah, yeah. 
We, we just need good stories, good storytelling. And I mean, not only do we have the Avengers, but now we also have the, the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Defenders. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Mon did it. <laughs> but, okay, me and Patricia, Patricia, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, like myself, are a Karen and Frank shipper? No, I was sort of in the beginning, but now I feel like those two need to just stay like friends. More of like a, he's a big brother and he's protecting her type relationship between the two of them. Right. Right. I do like the idea better of Karen being with um, crap. Friends, Matt? But Matt? No, I, I like the idea better of her being romantically involved with Frank than I do with her with Matt. Okay. 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 I just and don't want to be in a relationship with anybody. So why I brought up this bizarre tangent is that um, as much as I am looking for the Defenders, and I did like the trailer, I still couldn't help but just want to see a glimpse at the footage that they showed the audience of The Punisher. Because I there's something about that show that I'm just, I'm more anxious for that one to drop than I am for The Defenders right now. But, yeah, yeah, and and Karen's gonna be on the Punisher. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts, Will? Um, I enjoyed the trailer. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen Iron Fist, and I'm still working my way through um, working my way through the other other shows. Um, but um, I, but as far as the trailer, I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it was one of those ones that I, uh, you know, watch, enjoyed watching uh, a few times. Um, it's great seeing Sigourney Weaver. Uh, I think she, her, mm-hmm. her, uh, her uh, character looks like it's going to be, uh, you know, real formidable presence to to deal with. So, you know, I, I think, you know, like most Marvel properties, it, it did, unlike in humans. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> uh, it, it, it sold the show well that, uh, I think it would even, it would even pull in casual, casual comic book movie TV show fan. Yeah, like Patricia. Yeah. I, <laughs> about the trailer. Um, I haven't, I also have not watched, I've watched the first couple of episodes of Iron Fist and Luke Cage. I haven't finished those series by themselves yet, mm-hmm. so I, I really need to do that. Um, but this this trailer is great. I'm really excited to see that the supporting characters like Patty is still in there and the nurse Claire, I think her Claire. name is. Yes, yes, Claire Temple. Yeah, I'm excited to see that those characters are still going to be involved. And oh, I just thought about something, Patricia. You might want to watch a few Luke Cage episodes because you, you've seen all of, I know this because you and I used to talk Jessica Jones. Yes. And to understand the defenders and where Luke and Jessica are in terms of their relationship, 
You're gonna really want to watch like the last few episodes of Luke Cage. Just ooh, okay. Wink, wink. Like, you, you, I mean, okay. Here's what. Here's how you watch Luke Cage. Um, you watch. I think it's episode eight that um something happens to a particular character that I'm still not over. Um, so you watch one through eight and it's a solid season and then you just skip ahead and watch like the last two episodes and you'll get enough information to understand the Luke Jessica relationship. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, I'll probably, I'm not going to skip any cause I'm one of those people that I have to watch the entire show. Cause I always feel like if I do skip any, I'm like, uh, I know I missed something important. So Mm-mm. I'll watch the whole thing. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's like it's like also I'm not gonna tell you to watch Iron Fist because despite whatever and Carrie say about it, I still don't agree with them. I didn't like that show at all. Yeah, I like. I, of course, I don't follow the comic books, so I don't know what he's supposed to be like in the comics. But the first couple of episodes, I was like, um, I don't know. Maybe I should just tough through it. And then after all the comments and the reactions to it started coming out, I was like, okay, I'm not the only one that yeah. felt weird about this. So it's just it's it's it was like watching the In- Inhumans character, or not character, a trailer. It was like watching the In- Inhumans char- trailer, and you're just sitting here like, I see what you're trying to be, but I don't believe that's what you are. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But I'm only human. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, I saw that for used for another straight show tonight. I was, I was watching uh, I got watching Modern Family, and it was an ABC show, and they used that same damn song. I'm like, mm-hmm. enough already. It's, it's it's just enough. Yeah. But I'm only. <laughs> <laughs> Batman did it. <laughs> oh, okay, so all right, guys. I think that's I think that's all the trailers that were were dropped. I think we've covered it all, right? So I see. I now I just feel like I'm acting. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> so I I I think that is all these shows and all the trailers that we have to talk about tonight, right, guys? Right. Um, I think you're missing the most important one, Sarah. Yes, you are. No, we talked about Inhumans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we're we have lots and lots of listeners who are, are stuck around our talk about Inhumans so they can get to the real meat, which is the CW Arrowverse. So, damn it, Sarah, get to it. Arrowverse. Okay, fine. So, so our our favorite Red Speedster is back in town, or is he? Um, Flash season four trailer dropped, and Iris is in charge. They found Barry at the end of it, or did they? I'm not really sure. Will's gonna have to elaborate on what that sequence mean. And oh yeah, Kid Flash takeover. The Kid Flash takeover. The bad hombres. I love that show. <laughs> Just for that very thing. <laughs> it's just like, take a topical, you know, reference and just like, Cisco just spins it between that and like Captain Solo made some minor, made some modifications. I mean, it's just, I guess that's why I really enjoy the show. 
it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, this, I'll get to a trailer in a, in a sec, but just how they just spin all the sci-fi geekdom, nerddom lore and just work it into the, work it into the show. And also just, you know, present day stuff too. Um, yeah. but, uh, which, which actually why I was very excited about the trailer. Um, because, you know, it, you know, after season three and the well-documented discussion, uh, as far as how, how much of a slog it was to get through it, uh, especially at the end, um, it felt like the show was getting back to its roots as far as just being light and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I mean, obviously we all know Barry's not going to be gone, you know, whether he shows up at the end of episode one or again of episode two, most likely it'll be like flashpoint where he'll be back at the end of episode one. Um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh, you know, the, the trailer, you know, everybody's all jumping up and down about, you know, this week about the new suit, but the suit was actually premiered, previewed twice last season with once a future flash. And mm-hmm. then two second in the trailer itself. Yeah, guys, I don't know why you're so excited about it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Once I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, it is exciting. Finally, you know, he's, you know, Grant Gus has been lobbying for it for it full time, so it is cool to finally actually see it, and uh, it'll be you know, move, it'll be the you know costume moving forward in season four. But uh, yeah, this it was just I, I you know. Of the of the CW trailers, um, it was you know, it was right there at the top. Hmm. Am I? Patricia, opinion? what are you? What are your thoughts on this? Okay, so with all the CW trailers, I feel like we got a major recap of the last season that we saw, which is great, and I just wish we could have seen more of glimpses into the future episodes. And I was happy that this trailer for The Flash definitely included some solid glimpses into, you know, what the, you know, at least clips of what we would be seeing. Um, and I was also really happy to see Iris taking a more of a commander stance. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. hope that stays true for longer than just one episode, I guess. Not throughout the whole season, but like just seeing her being a stronger woman character and taking charge of certain situations, even though Barry's not there. Right. And I was also really excited. Like, there was one clip from that where Cisco is sitting and he's like, I miss my best friend. And you, you saw that in the last season when Barry went into the far future where mm-hmm. he was like, I just missed my friend. I wanted to come back. And I, I got so scared. I was like, Oh no, is this when, what this is all leading up to that dreadful future where Cisco doesn't have his friend and he's missing an arm and made me really sad and nervous for. He was him. missing both hands. Let's okay. just clarify what happened to Cisco was yep. horrible in mm-hmm. that future. <laughs> it was very, yeah. it was very, very <laughs> depressing. <laughs> that is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen on the Flash. Okay, I still have nightmares about it, guys. Yeah, I still was, have nightmares. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also what what came out of Comic Con 
And we didn't really see in the trailer, but um, we're going to see eventually this season is, as we all predicted, the thinker will be this season's Flash villain, Mm -hmm. the big bad, um, which is great. And I do, I actually do know the actor they cast as the thinker because I'm a fan of the show The Hundred. And in season three, he played a very critical character. He wasn't conniving, but the writers are clearly making decisions about how not to repeat the stories that they've already told. Yeah. Um, that was that's been the main complaint, and I think this actor brings to the ta- table. He he's not as charismatic as um, the other actors were of seasons past, so I think he's he's going to be. The opposite. He's going to be that more mysterious, that more, I don't know, just silent threat in nature. Um, and I, and I like that concept of the, the fastest man alive versus the fastest mind alive. Mm. Um, I think that's pretty clever. And, um, you know what? Just be, just be, I, I'm fine with Gypsy coming back because she's bringing her father, Breacher. Which is great. Yes. Because the character actor who they cast as Breacher, I'm just like sold. Sold, 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 sold. Yes. Totally, totally, totally. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Totally. (laughs) When I saw saw that cast, I was just like, really? Uh, I was was very excited about that. Uh, Yeah. Because, yeah, super bad. Yeah. Super badass. Super excited. Super excited. But you know what? I have to admit, I'm a little bit more excited for who Arrow got for one of their villains because they're doing multiple villains this year on Arrow season five or season six, mm-hmm. um, and they got Michael Emerson. Now, now, if you're a fan of Lost, you should know who Michael Emerson is. If you're a fan of Person of Interest, you should know who Michael Emerson is. And also, when people, when he shows up, everybody's going to suddenly be like, oh, I know that guy. He was on all of these other shows because he's a character actor. And they haven't released who he's playing yet in Arrow, but Will, my money is on Caden James. Mm, you, you have been consistently saying that. Um, and I think. Yeah, you, I think you're. Yeah, it's just a matter of time before your 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 hunch is proven correct. Yep, and for those who are confused as to who Katie James is and why that's the most likely answer is because that's a person that Felicity released from prison to help Hive. So, and that was one of the things that came out of Comic-Con is that they couldn't, Arrow was at, and I warned you about this, Will, Arrow was at a complete disadvantage for Comic-Con because they had that stupid cliffhanger to... Oh, it just, it felt like they had their hands tied around their backs doing these interviews because they're like, well, are we still alive or aren't we? And I'm like, we stalk you guys on Twitter. We know what's happening. <laughs> we know. We know, exactly. <laughs> right. But, but they did, Wendy um, and Mark did make sure it was clear that they aren't really looking for one big bad. They, they are bringing a full set of villains 
that are each uniquely tied to various characters who are all going to have their own arcs this season. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested, um, to see that as well as, um, Oliver's daddy drama continues. Yeah. Yeah. He's the dad this time. He's the dad. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, as far, what did you think of the trailer itself? I mean, I guess it's really that you, you know, get to your point. Uh, you're right. They they really couldn't have a fully fleshed out trailer because it would, you know, resolve some of the who made it and who didn't from the from the end of uh, end of season five. I'm gonna I'm gonna let um, Patricia sound off first on first on it because she's a big Arrow fan. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand that they couldn't flesh out and you know, a lot of things, but give us something, guys. I mean, <laughs> I don't follow them too closely on Twitter. I don't read spoilers or anything like that. So watching the trailer was like, really exciting to me. I am just so thrilled and excited to see what happens with Slade Wilson being back. Mm-hmm. If he survives the island, of course. But I'm... Like, that's the part that I'm most excited about. Like, I'm, I'm almost more excited about that that part of him being in the show versus finding out what happens after the island explodes. Right. Like, because that's... a lot of us kind of know what's going to happen, guys. Samantha's the one who's dead. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that, that is, that is what's happening here. It's very obvious. So why couldn't they just tell us and move forward? And also, spoiler alert, Patricia, have no fear. Slade Wilson will be here all season. Uh, no. Present day and past. Because they're also going to do a flashback episode featuring Slade and what happened from the season two finale of Oliver locking him up to when the season five finale of the events on the island. So um, you're going to get all the slave in the world and then some, Patricia. I'm so excited. See, (laughs) but, um, but Will, I didn't like this trailer. No. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't like it all. Yeah, I think we, I think we, 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 we were like that that day, whenever all the stuff was dropping. We were we were, we were going back and forth, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like, yeah. what's the? It was almost like, what, what was the point? I mean, they rehashed base. To me, it just seemed like they just well, they, you know, they just rehashed the last episode, and <laughs> oh yeah, we'll show some fight scenes and arrows, like you know, jumping over a railing, and that's it. It just, so outside of Will and Oliver and having, which I did like that opening moment and, and you can see that Will's struggling with stuff. And, and I so, so I like that they're introducing the new paradigm and how last season reset everything. And so this is a very different story that they're going to start to tell, but everything else, whether it was from flashback, was it, whether it was from like, teasing about what occurred on the island, whether it was from the fight scenes, it felt very reminiscent of seasons past and not so much more of what is in store for this season. Granted, to your point, Patricia, the reason why these these trailers didn't show us too much is because they've only been shooting 
I think everyone wrapped their first episode right before they got sent to San Diego Comic Con, so mm -hmm. they they couldn't show us anything else. Um, so so you basically have seen the first episode of all of these seasons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I guess yeah. I, I mean, I, and I know they try to fill in some of the uh, some of the you know given the lack of footage because they were just finishing up. I don't, was Arrow even, I don't, had even, even gone into production yet? Because I know they were, I guess they were like the last yes. shows. Last shows they wrapped start. their first episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I know they were like the last one to shoot, I think, above, of, of the four. Of, of, yeah. The, uh, the start production, but, um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, at least they did fill in some gaps with, you know, with the Q&A section sections of the of the event but uh yeah I, you know i don't know if it was just you know bad timing just the way the calendar fell um uh, but you know but i think three out of the four shows did better work of their trailers than than they did with that than, than the arrow folks and arrow did yes but i am still probably most excited to get arrow back but that's just me <laughs> <laughs> Who am, who, am I, who am I to say anything? <laughs> yes. Um, so, so unlike Will, my favorite trailer of the Arrowverse was actually Supergirl season three trailer. Um, I felt like just in that single line, Cara Danvers was a mistake. Immediately, I, I know what this season arc is going to be for her. I understand where she is now in comparison to where she was when she had to um, say goodbye to my, oh, she had to say goodbye to that alien guy that she fell in love with. I forgot. Patricia hasn't watched season two of Supergirl. Oops. Damn it, Patricia. Cover, cover, cover years, <laughs> Patricia. Cover years, cover years. <laughs> Um, but, but for me, it's just, it just, I really like the trailer. I, I, other than that, I, I just, I'm not entirely sure of how the new villain reign. I don't think she appeared at all in the trailer, but, um, based off of cast interviews, I believe that there's going to be an arc where she's dating James Olsen and then it's going to be revealed that she's actually an enemy. So that'll probably set us up for the back half of the season. Um, if I'm right, but we all know my track record, I'm usually wrong about these things. So, um, but you're going to be right about Will. Kaden. Yeah. Honest, okay. Sarah, it's going to surprise you, but I actually of the CW trailers, I actually like this one the best. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, even though we're not talking about it tonight, then actually, I, I like the uh, Legends second. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, mm. But. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you? Okay, like we can we can talk about Legends of Tomorrow. I I for some reason completely blacked out that trailer in my mind. But Will, why did you like the Legends of Tomorrow trailer more than the Flash trailer? Um, the Flash, I, I, I enjoyed it, and I, you know, for the reasons I said before, um, you know, it was fun, it was great, it's, you know, awesome seeing that glimpse of Barry and the Cisco dialogue, um, so it was, it was one of those things where it was just sort of like it was, all those familiar elements were back with the Flash trailer, and it was exciting, you know, 
the Cedar Lighter tone. But, you know, we've talked about this before. Legends is a show that we kind of always forget about. And this particular trailer um, actually made me say, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to give this show a, a fresh chance at this third season. Huh. Um, just by the storyline of, you know, and I, and I, and I think it was uh, the whole concept of time travel and how the you know, Flash just completely mutes death. And I'm so thankful that the producers are saying it, making it very clear we're not doing time travel for the foreseeable future. So, you know, it's good from the legends and how they, you know, the scenes where they're like, we broke, you know, we, we, we broke time and uh, the P.T. Barnum uh, mm-hmm. circus. I mean, it was just very visually appealing appealing trailer compared to the other three. Um, right. But Supergirl Patricia. Was, yeah. But, Patricia. Miller. <laughs> there's, just, there's just a delay i don't i don't know if she's like fallen asleep or if she's alive but um do you agree or um disagree because you're a fan of legends are you yeah i am uh, i mean i feel like out of all the trailers i think because i finished those uh arrow and flash and i'm currently finishing up season two of Supergirl, I'm more vested in those because I've already finished Legends of Tomorrow and I'm and I feel like I said previously was that these trailers did a lot of summarizing of what the last season did and there were some glimpses into the future but not enough to make me like I think if I was writing the notes for this podcast, I would have completely forgot Legends too. Like, I, Aww, thank you. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and it's it's not it's not a bad thing, and it's not that I don't like Legends at all. It's just that okay, you guys broke time. That was like your final, like the final words of the ep- of the season, and that was like the big cliffhanger. Hey guys, I think we broke time. And now they're like, hey, guys, I think we broke time. And you're like, okay, we get it. You broke it. But, now what? But there, was, but there was a slight difference in tone about mm-hmm. the way you explained the first time they broke it versus the second time they broke it. I mean, I mean, if you repeat it both the first and second time, there, there's some tone. I don't know if Will picked up on that. I, I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get to see the little <laughs> graph thing. You know, where they have all the anomalies, all the red dots on the screen that they were looking at. And yeah. you understand, yeah. like, how severe it is. And I... Is it severe, just, like, oh, we just broke time? Or severe, like, guys, we seriously broke time? Like the second one. Okay. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see if in these upcoming seasons how they handle crossovers and if the legends have messed anything up in the other parts of the dc universe i'm so glad you brought it up patricia way to lead to the wrapping up of all of this madness um it just came out today guys that the crossover this year will air on a monday night so you'll have supergirl and then arrow 
So Arrow's this season mm-hmm. is moving to Thursdays, but for this week, they will air on Monday following Supergirl. And then the second night on Tuesday, The Flash will kick things off and leave it to the Legends of Tomorrow, who break time all the time, to mm-hmm. close out the show on Tuesday night. So it's a little bit different of a structure because last year, all the shows aired back to back to back, and there were pro, um, there was a lot of debate on if that was a four show crossover because Supergirl was incorporated, but her show was not. So they're trying to make that right. Um, do you guys think it was a good move to bunch them together on two nights, or should they have just let it stretch for four nights? Um, Wait. Let it stretch for four nights all yeah. separate, or did they do it four hours of TV shows in one night back to back? That's what it sounded like. So, they aired. Yeah, go ahead, Will. Yeah, so last the invasion was it was a Monday through Thursday. Okay. So, yeah. So each you know so because I think this was Legends was still airing on Thursday nights at this point, so. Um, yeah, so that's, that's how it was with the crossover. This, but as Sarah noted, this time they're doing this in two nights instead of stretching out over the course of the week. And I'm okay with that, actually. Yeah. I feel like even watching, like, I sat down and I binge watched these seasons, even watching them not together, but separately on different occasions. I wasn't as thrilled or as excited for the next one. Like parts of me, like were excited about like, Oh, what happened? Like it says at the end continued on arrow. Okay. Now I have to finish arrow. You know, I have to get, I have to get to the invasion point. Then I have to watch it. And then I have to go and watch the next, you know, it was a little bit complicated. So I like that they're keeping it on two different nights because it'll be easier for people to follow. And I actually talked to someone um, actually earlier today who said that when they did the crossover of the invasion, they they gave up on it because they weren't they they weren't consecutively watching all the other shows along with invasion. So they watched the first you know the season of Supergirl that had it in it, but then once the invasion episode happened, they weren't watching all the other shows at the same time, so they were just left with this giant block of time where, oh, issues are happening, oh, they're all fixed now in the next episode. And it's funny, when I went back to watch Supergirl this time, and I and I got to the invasion episode... It felt it felt really weird because at the end of one episode or in the middle or something, I can't remember what happened, but I was really confused. And I was like, oh, crap, now I have to go back and watch a different season of a different show to figure out where I was when this next episode is taking off. I don't know if that makes any sense. I just went on long tangent there. So. No, it makes total sense. I mean, because honestly, you know, most, a lot of folks who do watch these shows, you know, you're pretty much locked into, you know, one or maybe two of them, and the other, others you're not, you know, you don't watch. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it makes it makes total sense. So yeah. that, that what you what you just said, and you know, at least if they're all sort of scheduled at the same time, and you know, it's right around Thanksgiving, so it's before the you know before the winter break. Um, you know, every, everyone I think is starting that week of October 10. So, mm-hmm. so yes. timing wise, you know, it'll, it'll, you can, if you're, if you're casual, you know, casual flash fan or casual aeroplan fan or whatever, you can jump in, you know, the week before and then be able to follow, uh, everything since this is like, you know, it's happening on Supergirl, this happens on Arrow. Then you know, then Tuesday night, just follow up Flash and Legends, and then you're and then you're good. They can go back to your normal normal watching schedule. Yeah, that way you get the whole the whole group collective crossover episode in one shot. Basically, I think it would be cool if they did it on like one night where they played all four episodes, one right after another. <laughs> <laughs> But that would be a lot of TV to sit down and watch in, at one time, especially for a work week. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of TV. More TV, more problems. Um, Patricia, <laughs> where can listeners follow you on Twitter? They can find me or follow me or just take a look at my profile at PRMiller20. So that's P-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-20. Two zero on Twitter. And, and Will, where can um, listeners send you inhuman screenshots? <laughs> they can send me all the inhuman screenshots and gifs at uh, Will M. Polk. That's at W I L L M P O L K. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S J B E L M O N T. You can also let us know. Um, and tweet us at Cena Nerd and tell us which of these trailers were your favorite and what you're looking for after we get through this horrible flash hiatus. It's just it's been it's been long, guys, but we're we're about a good half, just over halfway through. Um, but most importantly, go to both iTunes and SoundCloud where you can rate, subscribe, and comment. And then you can also catch us on the Android app called CastBox. It's a cast, and it's a box. It's CastBox. (laughs) Go listen. There, too. All right. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome.